Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. Week seven is done. Put it in the books. It's over with. And we had a little bit of everything in week seven. Um, We had... What did we have? We had some crazy calls. We had some yelling fans. We had the last SEC team that's undefeated now. Um, Yeah, it's just wild stuff going on and uh here as always to talk about it is jesse what's going on you know we said it last week and i think this week only proved it the sec not even just the sec the the entire ncaa right now drunk she's she's gone to way too many frat parties she needs to calm down she needs to stop drinking the purple passion because she needs she's got exams coming up and she needs to calm down yeah yeah, there's there's just so much going on with that. Matt, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? I am trying to remain tranquil. Tranquil. <laughs> in this in this moment of turbulence and furor that is surrounding my, my football team at the moment. Um, I'm trying to remain calm. It's been very difficult. Um, but aside from that, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I've missed the last two weeks. I missed you guys so much. Um <laughs> So I'm, I'm glad to be back, finally. Well, uh, so you had missed a couple of weeks, and Tennessee had, like, these landslide victories, and we were talking about it on the show. We were like, if Tennessee wins, I don't know if Matt's going to come back. <laughs> I, well, we, we, we should have won, but we, we'll get into it. We'll get that. there. We'll get if, there. I was going to say, if you're trying to remain tranquil, you're, you're one gonna, of the few. I'm, you're one namaste. of the few right now. <laughs> yeah. Namaste, y'all. Namaste. All right, keep keep that attitude as we go forward because we're about to get into it here. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right, the first game that we'll talk about from last week was Auburn at Arkansas. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought Arkansas was going to get this done at home. But, no, Auburn stands tall on the road and uh, gets the win 38-23. Uh, Jesse is the only one to pick Auburn. Uh, Jesse, you remember I went back and forth last time. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. And I went over to Arkansas and uh, it, it didn't work out well for me. So, um, but man, like what, what is it with like the fumble calls in, in games between these two? I mean, probably a fumble that should have been ruled uh, recovered by Arkansas uh, in the first half, but instead Auburn gets to keep the ball and they uh, were able to score a touchdown later on in the drive Auburn uh, going to Auburn. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's always something right. Um, later in the third KJ Jefferson uh, got hit in the end zone uh, in his own end zone and fumbled uh, resulting in an Auburn touchdown to make it uh 21 17 Auburn. Uh, later there was a 71 yard touchdown uh, from Nick's uh, Bo Nix to Demetrius Robertson, uh, extending that lead to 28-17. And Bo Nix, by the way, looked pretty good with the deep ball uh, in this one and uh, also anticipating throws. He, he looked like he was anticipating the uh, uh, the routes a little bit better in this one. And and to the receiver's credit, um, they weren't dropping, and uh, at least not as many, which we have talked about in the past couple of shows here as well, where, yeah, Nix has his moments where you can blame him for sure, but there was a lot of drop balls as well. Um, 
Then late, uh, near the end, Arkansas cut it to one score, uh, but then Bo Nix uh, had a 23-yard touchdown run to put this one out of reach. So, uh, yeah, like I said, Auburn able to uh, to get this one on the road. And, uh, hey, you know, somehow they're they're churning out wins. Um, Jesse, what were your thoughts on, on this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the – I said it last week too. I say it every week. I can't put my finger on Bo Nix. I never know. You just – you don't know which Bo Nix you're going to get. This time it seemed to be a good one that mm-hmm. they got. Um, and I know you have to be happy when your your quarterback has a 23-yard uh, touchdown run. That's, that's fantastic. But uh, Auburn's six-game winning streak in this series is the longest for either team. Uh, Arkansas has not won since a quadruple overtime victory in 2015 when Brett Bolima and Gus Malzahn – were the head coaches there. So Arkansas definitely has a way to go, right? (laughs) But they have a ways to go. I think the score, knowing the expectations of Arkansas coming into this season, the score is not that bad. Um, They're they're building a program there. It's just going to take more time than I think we would have liked when we were very much into the Cinderella story, but not too bad. Also keep in mind that Arkansas suffered with four starters out. So that is huge. Um, a lot of injuries there. So, you know, could it have been a different ball game? Who knows? But you definitely have to keep that in mind. And as a, as a program, Arkansas just has to have depth at those positions to make sure that you can plug and play when you need to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of the experts has, have referred to Bo Nix as, uh, you know, either, like you said, Jesse, you get the, uh, the good Bo or the bad Bo. And it looks like we had the good Bo in this game. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts? On this uh, game. I need I need Bo Nix to pick a lane, <laughs> either be good or don't be good. But it needs to be one of those two because this back and forth with him. And we talked about it last season. I feel like we talked about it the season before. Um, I feel like all we ever talked about with Bo Nix is if, if I had to sum Bo Nix up in one word, it's inconsistent. Um, yeah. It's feast or famine every single week with him. Um, I just saw a stat and now I've lost it because I'm a dummy. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, Bo Nix going into that game was the 12th rated uh, quarterback in the conference. Oh, and against a pretty solid Arkansas defense, he went. Oh, where's where to go? Uh, 21 for 26 for 292 yards. Where where you at, dude? Pick something. And I think you're right. The the, the non drop passes probably helped a lot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I just he can't be consistent. The other big takeaway from this game for me is is I feel bad for Arkansas because they were on such a high level, weren't and I they? Was really, yeah, you know, and they were so and they were clicking on all cylinders, and then they ran into the big red machine that is UGA's defense. Um, and I just, excuse me, not that's Auburn that lost to UGA. Uh, no, no, that's that's Arkansas. Yeah, that was too. yeah. Because yeah. remember that was a, that was such a big deal with the the meeting right. of those two teams. Right, right. Yeah, and then you know they got blown out. Um, blown out by Ole Miss as well. And I just, I just, they're on a three game skid right now and it looks bad. It looks real bad. Um, I, I don't, I, I want Sam Pittman to fix this. Luckily they got a tune up game. Um, actually I think they got the next week off, but they've got a tune up game against like some rinky dink school and then they get Mississippi state. So they got a couple weeks to kind of get their act together. But um, I, I, Auburn is always so back and forth. Like there's no consistency out of Auburn whatsoever. And it was that way under Malzahn too. So right. the oh, yeah. new guy ain't doing much better. Right. Well, they're, they're winning games right now. And, and 
you know, they're, it, they're such a weird team. And, you know, it's, it, maybe that also hasn't changed with, with new leadership. It's just kind of like, you never really know what you're going to get, but honestly, they are um, a fairly formidable team. At least they have been in the, in recent weeks. Um, and uh, I don't know, it, it just uh, kind of depends on the day that you hit them. So, um, all right, let's get to the next game. And that was Florida at LSU. Um, and this one was a track meet. If anybody watched it, it was just back and forth. Uh, LSU, well, LSU winning this one 49 to 42. And nobody got the point because none of us picked LSU because, I mean, that was the smart pick. Yeah. I mean, but uh, but it's just a wild game. And if you're watching it, the, the end of the first half w- was also wild. The crazy Hail Mary at the end of the first half to give Florida some momentum at the end of the half. I think it was 20, yeah, it was 21 23 or 21 13. Some of the worst pass coverage I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Uh, there was, uh, who was, it? I think it was number, number 31. I guess they were trying to box people out. But the thing is, is that there was nobody there. So in the, in the frame, it looks like he's just, he's just standing there. And there's literally no one in front of him. They're like, who are you even guarding or boxing out? It's just like he's, he's boxing the he's, air. He's staring out the back of the end zone. And you're like, yeah, what are you doing, bro? Turn it's around pre- and at least swat at the ball. Going back and looking at the replay is just like, you just <laughs> want to laugh. I mean, not at him, but it's just a comical <laughs> picture. Um, then uh, opening the second half, LSU immediately got a pick six. Uh, so that kind of swung things back to them. Uh, Florida responds though, and this thing, like I said, turned into a shootout. Um, Emory Jones's couple of picks got him uh, benched, and uh, although the offense felt different under Richardson, I thought they looked better. Um, he also had a couple of picks um, as well, uh, and one of them came uh, late when they were trying to tie it up at the end. So um, that uh, that didn't uh, pan out very well. But uh, like I said, it, it's just an interesting look for their offense. It felt like it was better under him, but yet um, maybe some of that inconsistent play, like we've talked about with, with some other QBs around the league. So um, let's listen to what, uh, what uh, Coach Orgeron had to say about this win. Coach, it has been a roller coaster of a season, but your players told me they would continue to fight. What are you most proud of from their performance today? You know, they practiced all week. And I knew we was going to win the game. I felt like the whole week we'll win the game. Andre Anthony did a great job of leadership. Players only meeting. We're going to fight. These LSU Tigers are going to fight. There have been questions about your job security this week, but you just beat a top 20 Florida team with most of your starters out. What kind of statement did you make to these LSU fans and the administration? You know, we go one game at a time, one day at a time. I'm just saying to these players right there, this is not about me. This is about these players that fought all week to win this big-time game. All right, congratulations on the win, Coach. Thank you. Go Tigers. So even well, that uh, didn't age well. Was to say even during that though, he knew he knew even when they were uh, doing that interview there because apparently these uh, negotiations that we'll talk about later. Um, obviously, there was a, a coaching change going on, but um, those negotiations began before the Florida game, and they revealed that. So um, he's been kind of playing it cool the whole time, and I think he's even been saying, you know, uh, I'm going to be okay. It's all about the players. Um, so. Uh, obviously he's going to get paid a lot of money regardless it, it appears so uh matt what were your thoughts on uh on this game and lsu's ability to stun us all <laughs> that that's the best way to describe this is stunned um i remember i didn't have a chance to watch this but i, I remember when i tuned in to look at the score i was like that 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 can't be right <laughs> not this lsu team 
But here we are. LSU manages to knock off a top 25 Florida team that we were convinced was going to be in the driver's seat for the SEC East, them in Georgia at least. And now Florida's looking like mm, that ain't happening. Um, yeah. Big game out of uh, Tyrion Davis Price at LSU, 36 carries, 287 yards. Yeah. Uh, kid was a horse on Saturday. Uh, anytime you get over 100 yards as a running back in the SEC, it's like that's a good day. To get 250-plus, yeah, I don't know what they put in that kid's Wheaties that morning, but they <laughs> need to put more of it in there. Um, holy cow. And and I, I we'll talk more about Orgeron in a minute, but um, I, I just LSU confuses the heck out of me. I don't know what to make of LSU top to bottom. Uh, they're another one of those teams that I feel like are great that could be great, but they're always kind of a step behind this season. Um, but good on them for knocking off Florida. You know, anytime Florida loses as a Tennessee fan, that's a good day for me. Uh, hmm. So I definitely was happy to to get this pick wrong. Yeah, Matt turned on the uh, – tuned in and saw the score, and he was like, that ain't true! And then just proceeded to be shocked, so. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> all right, Jesse, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was reading um, quotes about, you know, what the coaches said after the game, and, and Coach Mullen said, the first stat to stand out to me a lot is we're minus four turnover ratio. We didn't stop the run and make the stops we needed to in the second half when we started to gain momentum. Every time we'd get that kind of fixed to get ourselves out of a hole, we, we kind of couldn't get the stop to get over the hump, uh, which is true. I mean, look, there's, there's four turnovers. Um, they allowed a, an LSU team that has had a terrible rushing game thus far this season mm-hmm. um, to, to run all over them. So, you know, they had LSU had a season best 147, uh, 147 yards in their loss to Kentucky. And then, you know, we're just averaging 83.3 yards per game. They rushed for 321 yards against Florida that came in only allowing 108.5 yards um, rushing per game. So uh, to, to force turnovers, to have those kind of turnovers and to turn on the rushing game, that's a positive step for, for LSU. And I know we'll talk about coach O's job um, a little bit later on in, in our news section, but I'm confused by LSU with their, their treatment of coaches when it, it comes from less miles now into to coach. O. we, we're going to go in yeah. on that one. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's going to be a, a good one later, but um, yeah, I've, it seemed like every time I turned around uh, Davis price was like uh, gashing them with another massive run and you're like what is going on here they couldn't uh, they couldn't stop him to save their lives on saturday mm-mm. he was just slicing and dicing the defense the entire afternoon uh, absolutely florida is not the florida i thought they were no um no and still like i said it, it still makes me feel weird though because um even though they have disappointed uh thus far um to me, they did have a different look on offense with Richardson. And if he's in there consistently and they're able to figure some things out, I could see how they could possibly turn things around. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Obviously they're off this weekend um, and then uh, be back at it with Georgia. Uh, But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, All right. Next we had uh, Texas A&M at Mizzou. Um, This was a potential uh, trap game for A&M coming off of a big win. Um, but uh, they lock things down, get things done, and they win 35-14. to 14. 
Matt actually gets two points in this because he guessed the score uh, exactly correct. <laughs> Take a bow, yeah. About time. Uh, yeah. About time I got something good going for me. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I sort of expected this. The only the only real danger I could have seen here was, yeah, um, the possibility that A&M might listen to some of the hype. Um, I think it was also, yeah, it was also a, an earlier game. Um, so maybe kind of a, a lazy start to the day. That was really the only thing, the only way I could uh, have seen them, um, you know, possibly letting this one get away, but it wasn't meant to be. And Mizzou is just not doing really, really well right now. So, uh, Jesse, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, Mizzou's defense is the perfect hair of the dog for any upset hangover that they could have had um because they're really bad they are really bad um they rank last in the nation which i know we've said but i'm going to continue (laughs) to say it they rank last in the nation and run didn't they just fire their d coordinator like last week defensive line coach yeah defensive line that's right Um, he he had he had coached (laughs) five games as well uh, scapegoat much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. um, hey, hey, look at that. Coach Drinky's not the nice guy we think he is. Huh? <laughs> the so, nerds can be mean. They can be very sure. mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, Isaiah Spiller and uh, Devon Achain. Achain? Achain? I'm so sorry. That's I'm a, saying a guess as I've got. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, they they were just running through. Just boop, ba-doop. Whatever. Um, they rushed. Spiller rushed twenty times for one hundred and sixty-eight yards and one touchdown. And Ashane added sixteen carries for one hundred and twenty-four yards and two scores. Mm. Yeah, that's that's, that's all. It's just, that's, mm. that's porous, <laughs> as you said. Porous. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 being nice. Uh, Matt, did you have anything to add? Hold on a second. I have to Google something. Okay. Holding what? Happened to Connor Bate. How do you spell Bazelak? Bazelak. Okay. Um, hold on. Oh, here it is. He sucks. What happened to Connor Bazelak? What is going on? He threw two picks, no TDs, barely over 200 yards. This guy was supposed to be like the end all be all quarterback at the Missouri. What's and his I major? I hope it's good. I hope it's something he can rely on. Listen, I, I don't, don't understand what happened here. Because last year he was what? And am I remembering wrong? Maybe I was in a fever dream. I don't recall. He was good. He, he was lights out all last year. This he, year he had he had flashes of it. Yeah, like he's he's thrown twelve picks on the season. Or sorry, twelve touchdowns on the season. Seven interceptions. That's not yeah. stellar SEC quarterback numbers. It's not. I don't know what happened to the kid. I was really excited to see how he developed this season. And I've been really disappointed with his play so far. Um, he regressed. I he yeah. did. He did. He did. And I well, and I the feel whole bad. Mizzou team has. Well, yeah, they've taken definitely taken a step back. And if you're a Missouri fan and you're watching this, I'm not trying to be that guy who's doing this just to get hate on Missouri, even though I think your coach is one of the worst people on the planet. But um I just irrational, Matt. I don't Irrational. it's incredibly irrational. I I, I it's it's like Jesse um, is with with, I don't think it's irrational. Look at this non-development. Look at the regression. If they're Mizzou fans, they should agree with you. They should be mad. I, you know, I'll tell you, if, if, um, 
if I'm Drew Locke, I'm watching this fit going, oh, God, I'm glad I got out of there. <laughs> right. Because right. you've got to think he's he's in a situation where he looks – I mean, he's been doing pretty well from what we can tell him. He's got an NFL contract. But good Lord, what happened to you, Connor? Where did you go? This is not Connor Bazelak I was promised at the beginning of the season. The only thing I would say, um, and it's not even in, in defense of him, but A&M's defense is pretty good. Um, so let's not forget that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it does seem like he has re- regressed, along with the entirety of the team, really. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think- his, his, his best outing this season was against Boston College, and he had a QB rating of 79. Didn't mm-hmm. he lose that? They, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He did great against Southeast Missouri State. Directional school. Yeah, that was that Boston College game was also the game that uh, that Coach Drinky was complaining about even having to go up there, and then they got beat, which is not a good look. So, um, awful look, awful look. Anyway, not 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 to make <laughs> this into the that Mizzou that, hate that hour. Completely buried Missouri. <laughs> yeah, first well, for it, Mizzou, ain't nothing it, wrong. Y'all just it, struggling. It is disappointing because uh, you know. Um, and we say this about any team that's that's struggling, really. I mean, you you want your teams in the league to look well. Obviously, they're in the East as well. So, as a Georgia fan, anytime uh, the the teams in that division are up, it makes you look better. Uh, you don't want to have a bunch of wins against teams that are you know struggling because that's uh, that's not a good look either. So, um, it is disappointing. It, you know, as an SEC fan, uh, it is disappointing to watch the decline of Mizzou. And um, I haven't heard too many whispers about uh, Coach Drinky's future, um, but He's sometimes been you there just for a season. He's yeah, been there for a year. Well, I mean, people have been thrown out quicker, you know. So uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's at least whispers. Now, granted, I, I know Mizzou's expectations aren't exactly LSU expectations or, or you know, these other schools or what have you, but. Um, uh, but still, I mean, when you see that level of a regression, it's it's concerning. I'm sure they'll give him at least another season or two to develop his recruits, especially up there. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Kentucky at Georgia. Um, this was uh, the CBS game of the day, uh, 3.30 kickoff. And uh, Georgia ended up winning this one 30-13. Uh, Jesse getting the point in this one. Now, um, once again, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with Stetson Bennett, and I do kind of have to – it's not that I have to go back on what I said, okay, because my, my only <laughs> comment about him before was that we had JT Daniels in the game and we were in a rhythm. I think we had scored on the first two drives. I think that was against South Carolina. And then you just randomly put Stetson in. So that was my concern. Now, having said that um, – whenever he's stepped in when he's needed, uh, um, you know, a JT's uh, injury, he's done well. Um, and so he got the start again in this one. Um, but, you know, another thing that I learned in this um, is that Kentucky is a really good football team. And I know that the score doesn't necessarily reflect that, but points were not easy uh, in this game uh, to come by for Georgia. Um, uh, Kentucky's defense is, is pretty dang good as well. I mean, we talk about that Georgia defense, but Kentucky's got a good one as well. Uh, Bennett kind of struggled a little bit early. Uh, I, I do give that credit to Kentucky's defense for forcing that. Uh, but then uh, he kind of got better as the game went along. He looked sharp. Uh, he completed passes to tight windows. He completed deep balls, touch passes, you name it. Um, and he continues to exceed expectations. I, I really like how they get the tight ends involved in the game. McConkie, Bowers, 
Washington and Fitzpatrick, all highly involved again. Um, and then Georgia's D-line coming through to block the field goal at the end, end of the third. Uh, that was big. Uh, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt both just, you know, came plowing through the line and, and had a shot at blocking that one. Um, it was interesting because it, it felt like, um, you know, a, a good win, and it was. Uh, but the ending of the game was really weird. Kentucky had like an 11-minute drive to end the game and, uh, and just sort of – it was almost like Mark Stoops was like, okay, we're not going to win the game but we're going to take what you give us on the field. And I don't care if we don't win. I don't care if we're not even close. We're going to score and we're going to do it the way we want to. <laughs> it was almost like a, a victory for his team. He was like, all right, we're going to prove to ourselves that we can score against, against this defense. And they did. Uh, he called a timeout with seven <laughs> seconds left uh, so they could get that last uh, touchdown. And somebody, uh, some people in Vegas are really happy. Some people are really angry right now because of that uh, covering of the spread. So, um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously pleased with Georgia's performance, but, you know, let's give Kentucky credit. Like I said, they made it tough in a lot of the game and, um, they, they looked really good and they handled the pressure really well. Let's not forget that Arkansas came into town and, uh, got completely flustered by the crowd noise. And that just wasn't really the case with Kentucky. They didn't have a lot of those same penalties and things, uh, instigated by the crowd. So, uh, Matt, I think it's your turn. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts about this game? I, I, I hate to say this, and I may be being a little premature when I say it, but Georgia is looking like Bama, and that worries me. Um, like we said, Kentucky's a solid team, a really solid team. They've had a really good season thus far. Um, I was hoping, hoping this was going to be a really, really good game, and it kind of turned into a bit of a snoozer. Um, Wes, you're not wrong. Uh, you know, points were hard to come by in this game, but Georgia's so daggum tough defensively that Kentucky couldn't do anything. I mean, look at, look at the stat line. Kentucky's leading, uh, rusher had 14 yards on the day. That that's, that's the whole game encapsulated in a spot. Um, you know, to that point, Rodriguez, who was the leading rusher in the sec coming into the game, he was held to seven, seven, seven yards, yards on seven carries. So I, I don't know what you do there. Uh, If I'm, you know, if I'm stoops, I'm looking at this going, you know, we, we got beat on every level. I feel feel like, Um, and like you said, they could take some solace in the fact that, you know, that they are getting there, but I I don't know. I was really hoping for a more competitive game than what we got. Yeah. Jesse, your thoughts. I wanted Kentucky to win so bad. bad. God, I know you did. So bad i was home my brother's a georgia fan he was like watching the game on the couch and my mom and i are just like we're like secretly trying to cheer for them so that we didn't like make him mad but also so we didn't wake my dad up from a nap it was more so we didn't wake my dad up but we wanted them to win so bad um but i mean for the first time all season the bulldogs gave up two touchdowns so that hasn't happened yet uh which makes me sick to say out loud so good job, Kentucky. That's something to be excited about, something to be proud of. But it didn't matter. They obviously still won. Um, I think Kentucky is building a good program there. They have a lot of the right pieces in place right now. They have some wins to hang their hat on. This is still a very good season for them. I would not you know, hang my head at all if I'm a Kentucky fan. I would still be very, very proud. Um, 
they did. They did a good job. They were not expected to win necessarily. They were hoped to win, um, but still a, a great showing from them. And then, you know, they still have a ways to go. And Georgia has won their 12th straight in this, uh, this matchup with Kentucky. Yeah. And I think Kentucky's going to have a great re- rest of the season too. Like I said, like they're, they're a tough team and I think they're going to continue to, to do well and make things tough on their opponents. So I, I look for them to finish strong and get a, a really, a really great bowl game, to be honest. Yeah. I'm excited for them. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about Vandy at South Carolina, South Carolina, barely pulling this one out at the end, 21 to 20, Matt getting the point in this one. Uh, what do we call this one? The the dumpster fireball or whatever. Somebody's got to win, right? Um, so, yeah. So in- interesting about this one because I-, I was watching it. I was like, Ken Seals for Vandy, he's not playing. I realized that he's out with a finger injury and uh, Mike Wright got the start for, for Vanderbilt at quarterback. And then um, obviously Kentu- uh, Kentucky, uh, South Carolina having some struggles uh, in this one. And uh, near the end, uh, they were down. Luke Doty had some soreness in that foot that kept him out uh, at the beginning of the season. And who do they turn to? None other than grad assistant Zeb Nolan once more, who thought he had put the pads on for the last time. And uh, he gets to to put them on again, and he leads South Carolina on a game-winning drive. So just like – this, this is the story that keeps given, right? <laughs> it's just His Rudy moment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. So, hey, they, they got the win. It wasn't pretty. And I think uh, uh, Beamer, after the game, he was like, uh, if, if you had a, uh, a list of the ugliest things you could do to, and, and win a, a ball game, I think we pretty much checked off every box on the list. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, but they, they do get the win. Jesse, what were your thoughts on, on this? Wolf. <laughs> I mean, Carolina, you almost lost to Vandy. This was the game that I, last week we were like, eh, it's nothing like Carolina. You're playing Vandy. You got this. This is your like mood booster game. It ended up being quite the opposite and things in Carolina might be worse than I thought they were, which is yeah. really bad. Like, yeah. or maybe Vandy's a little better i don't know Ooh, and i was bad. trying to i was trying I to look be, because uh vanderbilt almost got uh that sec losing streak uh, uh over with uh but they still uh, are winless I, I was trying to look up with a, in how many last uh or how long this streak has been it was definitely obvious obviously the last year uh they were winless uh and then they have yet to win one this year so it's at least that long I'm not sure how much further it goes, but Matt, what were your thoughts on this one? I miss the days when South Carolina was competent at football. Yeah. Um, Because South Carolina being at least mediocre to good is usually good for the conference. Um, You know, those South Carolina Georgia games were always the, the back and forth is always a trap game for UGA and South Carolina always surprised somebody, but if you're struggling to beat Vanderbilt, I mean, I can't say much because Tennessee lost to Vanderbilt last year, Uh, but that was also where we were. I I don't see how you give up four uh, turnovers and still win a football game, but Carolina found a way to pull that off. Um, They're lucky they have a a grad assistant that could put the pads on um, and go for them. Um, uh, Hmm. This game, I don't, it's just, I, I, I hate to say, why are we even talking about it? But why are we even talking about it? 
because there's nothing really to to hang your hat on with this game. There's, there's yeah. Not. By the, the way, and I'm well aware of the fact that I'm coming off as that guy tonight. I have my reasons, obviously. Um, I'm not going to get to that. Trash, <laughs> I'm not trying to trash every team out there this week. It's just that's kind of the mentality. I'm Honestly, the the main reason I'm I wanted to. to the, the main reason I even wanted to talk about this game was just that that story comes up again and uh, how cool yeah. is that? That's cool. I mean, that yeah, yeah. Really I like cool. that for him. Um, by the way, Vanderbilt has lost 15 consecutive SEC games. Uh, they have not beaten a conference opponent since topping Missouri. Yeah, 21 okay. to 14 on the 19th of October in 2019. It is time to replace Vanderbilt. To replace Vanderbilt. It's time to replace Vanderbilt. Let's kick Vanderbilt out. We don't need their baseball team. We don't yeah. need their basketball team. We don't need their equestrian team. Just, just go ahead. Bugger off. Let's find somebody else. Let's bring right. in North Carolina or something. North Carolina! Yeah. yeah. I like that blue. Just say, in, instead of getting rid of them, we're just going to add two more teams. Um, so oh, The worst right. one. The oh, literal worst. No, no, no. Those are not the worst ones. <laughs> If we were adding Ohio State and Virginia, no, not Virginia, Virginia Tech's fine. If we were adding Michigan and Ohio State, then you would have a reason to complain. I'd throw up. Texas, Texas and, and Oklahoma aren't that bad. We are getting Matthew McConaughey. Okay. That yeah. is not a plus. Isn't it? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> he might be governor. <laughs> Why? What in the world? Mm, mm, no, yeah. Sure. Hey, you, you never know. All right, let's get out of here and get to uh, Alabama. I'm going to get some water while y'all talk about this one. (laughs) Bama winning this one 49 to 9. Jesse, it looks like you're first on this one. So Uh, Matt did get the point. Um, Yeah, Mississippi State, we talked about this last week. Mississippi State was so angry, I'm sure, when they saw Alabama lose because they're like, this week it's going to be awful. (laughs) Because any hope of like sneaking in, and, you know, kind of uh, getting getting uh, some of the uh, – I don't even know what you'd call it uh, – catch them in a trap game, so to speak. Uh, that was all off after that loss. Uh, as we said, a probably a, a horrific week of practice for all Alabama players. And uh, the Tide came out uh, better prepared this week. Um, let's actually uh, – let's take a second. We'll listen to what uh, Saban had to say and then get you guys' thoughts. Coach Saban, you wanted your team to play at a high level from start to finish in this game. What did you think of their response? Well, I thought they did that, just that. I was really, really pleased and proud of them. Played for 60 minutes in a game. We finished the game. Um, did it on the road in a tough situation against a good team. So really proud of our players, our team, our coaches, and everybody that did a good job in this game. You've got some great young leaders on this team, Will Anderson being one. What impressed you about his performance tonight? Well, I think they're all starting to – you know, raise their level uh, in terms of leadership as well as performance and consistency. So I think that's a good thing for us. But the number one thing we can't do is forget how we felt last week and try to keep building on this. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. There, there it is again. Don't forget how you felt. So when we talked about that last week, Jesse, what are your, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, mean, I think they felt that, right? Like Steven said last week, when everyone was upset about Texas A&M, you know, he was like, imagine how the players felt. He's like, you didn't see them crying in the locker room. He's like, you feel bad. Imagine how we feel. And I think they took that to heart. I also think that they probably threw up from practice every day, which is good. Um, Because against A&M, we had no pressure on the quarterback at all, at all. Um, Our secondary sucked. So bad. We were so bad. 
And and this week we really bounced back. This was the get right game. And we had to get right and we got right. Um, you know, we had a lot of pressure on Rogers, so much pressure, you know, that oh, the shoulder. I was like, honey, you can't even feel your shoulder. There's pads there. You're not even touching it. Um, and I think at some point he probably didn't, it probably didn't hurt. He was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, but yeah, we were able to bounce back from the loss. Um, and it was a vicious defensive effort and an explosive offensive performance. Um, I think we'll be the favorite in the West, even though we have the loss to A&M. Um, I think there's still a chance at, at a natty if we continue to remember that feeling and feel that feeling. And yeah, it was, it was a stumble against Texas A&M, but Bryce Young threw for 348 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions. And if you remember against A&M interceptions and turnovers were a problem. And uh, we had a fast paced offense. The running game was back up again. Brian Robinson was fantastic. He accounted for three touchdowns and then you heard it in the sound clip, but defensively, linebacker will anderson which we've been lacking a little bit at the linebacker position we lost two um and then of course we lost malachi Moore when we were in the a&m game for the targeting call but will anderson stepped up he was a leader on the team especially defensively and he racked up four sacks uh that's huge i think that's great i think it's the boost of confidence they needed that kind of grounding game that they needed i was nervous in fact wes you mentioned that mississippi state probably was nervous going into it, knowing they would get pounded. But I thought that they would be confident knowing that they beat A&M. A&M just beat us and that we were beatable at that point. So I was afraid that that sort of mentality would carry over, especially in a home game for them. Right. Um, and, and it didn't necessarily. You know, you see yeah. those, those twinkles of the air raid offense in some successes, but I was very proud of uh, the team. And we held them to a lot of field goals and we were, we were great in, um, in pass rush. So I was, yeah. I was proud of the improvements. Yeah. Rogers, a lot of yards in this one, but the three picks, obviously putting a damper on that. Matt, you he and did I, have some touchdown passes. They were just Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Matt, you and I watched uh, this one because we were watching the Tennessee game as well. And they had these uh, both of these games on. And I know we were both kind of just, you know, as you said earlier, disgusted. Kinda, yeah, well, More yeah, uh, disgusted, snoo- snoozing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it was not exciting. But what were your thoughts on this one? Bama's gonna Bama again. Uh, a Mississippi State team that that is awful this year. Um, Bama beat them up. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't hang 63 on them. Um, I guess Saban decided to call off the dogs. By the way, Jesse, I wanted to ask you: Is is Nikki okay? Because you his little bruise he got. Um, doing the Texas A&M game. Is he okay? Um, he's going to get a new steel elbow, and I think that adds at least five more years for us. <sighs> Listen, <laughs> there's nothing else to say. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hey, I, I'm there with you. It's not a lot going on. I mean, obviously, uh, if I was a Bama fan, I would be very pleased, though. I mean, if I was a Bama fan, I'd be ecstatic. Well, and with- I wouldn't be complaining about one loss to A&M. You're still going to get in the playoff as long as you win the conference. Yeah, and well, not just with the win, but that with the response, right? That's yeah. what you want to see your players respond with. So, did we? I I didn't look, but did Mike Leach? Did anybody watch any uh, post game from him? I did. I, I didn't. I, I didn't look anything up. We we prefer a happy Mike Leach post game, and I'm sure there wasn't. Yeah, a lot. but if you remember, I can't remember what loss it was, but he was like, 
you know, they did better than we did. They did things better. I don't know what those things are, but they did those things better. He, yeah. he just says some weird stuff. Right. We, he did have that really good line. The, the boosted. The, we need to boost yeah, the boosted. things that need to be boosted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what those are. I don't know what it is, but we need to boost something. Listen, this game This game was such a blowout that ESPN didn't even bother doing a recap on it. <laughs> yeah, that's that was basically how bad it was, so. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead. We and have to, arrived to the final game of the evening. And uh, yeah, Ole Miss at Tennessee. Uh, Ole Miss uh, winning this one 31 to 26. Uh, I got the point in this one. But as we said at the beginning of the show, this week, truthfully, did have a little bit of everything. But honestly, this game had a little bit of everything. Um, and um, I'm not going to get there yet. I'm going to let you talk about it first, Matt. But here's. Here's the thing. Some of these actions, I think, feel justified, but it really only serves to, to hurt everyone involved. So anyway, but the game itself was uh, was really exciting. It was back and forth. I felt like uh, uh, both teams, uh, you know, uh, gave their all um, on the field. And um, man, it's, it, you know, uh, Tennessee is getting better. I think Josh uh, Heupel has got the team on a good trajectory. And it's sad at the end of the day, it's sad that that's not the narrative coming out of this game. And it should be because I think he's doing a good job, but instead uh, we're talking about uh, other things. Obviously those other things being uh, the fans throwing things out of the, uh, or out of the seats and onto the field. And uh, at one point, even a golf ball being thrown at Lane Kiffin. I'd like to go ahead and get uh, his, his interview here real quick. And then the golf ball. Why did you even have that? And uh, and it wasn't it, it was it wasn't even like a nice one. It was like a, a trashy range ball. Anyway, so, so let's let's listen to what Lane had to say after the win, after the win. And uh, Matt, we'll get to you straight. What are you feeling right now? Relief. I don't know if I'm more excited that we found a way to win or I didn't get hit with the golf balls they were throwing at me. But no, really, our defense rose to the occasion. We did horrible on offense there about not finish off. So. Great job. The quarterback battled with a ton of injuries around him. We had basically four starters, didn't play on offense. So an electric crowd, credit to them. You know, this is a great place and great fans. Okay, Matt, I, I want to go ahead and turn it over to you because I know you have things that you wish to say. What what, what you got? I feel like friend? I should give you a crystal or something to hold, like just to right? release the energy. Oh, into. I, I brought things to hold. Give me a moment. <laughs> okay. Um, First off, I want to talk about the game. We'll talk about the other bowl in just a sec. This game delivered what I thought it need to, needed to. I, we knew this was going to be a pretty intense game. There was so much going into this game. It was Lane's first trip back to Knoxville since leaving in the middle of the night like a coward to take that USC job. Um, it was also a Checker Neyland game. It's yep. also a night game. Um, it's a... We've coming off two big wins the last two weeks. So this game was huge. Um, there was a lot riding on this thing. Um, I thought both teams played really well. I wish, and I told Wes this when we were watching the game the other night, I really wish Matt Corral had not played so well um, because he was, it seemed like every time we got them bottled up, like Wes said, when we were sitting there watching the game, he's like a bar of soap. He just squirts out and he goes flying down the field and picks up another first down. It's basically, um, that's basically what she said. And you're right. That's exactly what it was. Um, and there was a lot of people on ball Twitter like, well, we need to scheme and put somebody down. It's Matt Corral. All right. He's going to run all over you. You can spy him all day. 
he's going to find a way to get out of there. If you had brought another guy up in the box, put two spies on him, then you're going to give up in coverage. I felt like it was hard to, to bottle up Matt Corral. I he had think, almost 200 yards rushing. I mean, th- there was no bo- there was no stopping him that night. He was on a different level. All that being said, I thought Tennessee played a pretty good game. Um, Ole Miss's defense, or excuse me, Ole Miss's offense is top notch, high caliber, and I thought our defense did a pretty good job, aside from a couple of miscues on third and long or what have you, in bottling up their offense. I mean, they only we held them to what seven points in the second half, I think it was. Um, they didn't score a lot in the second half. That's the reason why we almost came back and won the whole thing. So I felt like it was a great game top to bottom. The problem that comes up is this crap. It was you, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. It was not me. <laughs> no, he still has his. Well, That's I right. still He's have mine. I didn't That's go right. to the game. Why are we throwing crap? Why? Why are we throwing mustard? Why are we throwing golf balls? If you're going to pick something to throw – why not throw something a little bit more, you know, spherical, maybe a nice Parmesan to throw, you know, you can get a nice little, little twist on the shoulder, a nice little corkscrew on it. Or if you want to stay on brand for a Southern brand of football, maybe some Chick-fil-A sauce. Maybe we try throwing that instead of the mustard. That might be a good idea. Or, or some sweet baby rays to make it nice and (laughs) spicy and tangy. Or if you want to get really exotic, you can go with some hoisin sauce, maybe something Asian. So you can really, you know, ramp it up a little bit, or yeah. or or if you really want a spicy time at the ball game, give yourself some ho- some uh, sriracha. Yeah, really make it. Let's let's okay. But all joking aside, I've got all my little props. I've got all my stuff out. Hold on a moment. I need to take my hat off. I'm gonna take my hat off because this is what I'll talk about. Don't throw stuff at football games. What are you doing? I get it. I understand it. I sat there in that restaurant with Wes watching this whole freaking game unfold. I was pissed just like the rest of you were. I watched those awful officiating calls, and those officials ought to be hung out, dried, and quartered for that dadgum awful game they call. But here's the kicker. You don't throw stuff at football games. You don't throw stuff at the football players, even if they're standing on the sidelines, jeering you and egging you on. That did happen. I saw those clips. That did happen. That's something to say about Ole Miss. But you shouldn't throw stuff at them. You sure as hell shouldn't throw stuff at the cheerleaders, for Christ's sake, because the cheerleaders had stuff thrown at them. And then you you try to pelt the son of a gun on his way out. You're feeding into everything Lane wanted this game to be. It's yes. stupid. It's idiotic. It's just dumb. And it, we already don't need help looking bad. Tennessee has looked bad for a damn near two decades. We don't need help. Why are you making it that much worse? It, it makes no sense to me. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine um, who went to the game, and he's like, I didn't do it, but, I, but I, I understand where they're coming from. Dude, no. No. That is not what you do. Now, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You sure as hell don't throw stuff on the field. It, uh, and granted, Tennessee got hit with a fine today for 250 grand. Um, from from the uh, SEC, and okay, fine. But here's the kicker about that. How come they didn't find Ole Miss when they were throwing stuff during a basketball game on the, on the court a couple of years ago? That didn't happen during the SEC tournament, I think, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen this happen before. I don't know why Tennessee is getting singled out on it. Oh, I know why, because it was on national TV. It was in front of God and everybody. And it was, it made and it was pretty bad. Like, and it was It was awful. And I fully accept that Tennessee probably needs to be reprimanded for that. But you need to be equitable with that 
with that with that stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's honestly, it's lucky stupid. that it, it and it some more things could come out from it. And I can't remember what team it was, but I believe it was a basketball game last season. It may have been NBA where somebody threw something on the court um, or toward the player. They, they threw it at a player. I think it was basketball. And they were arrested. Like yeah. they went to they jail. Had eight, they've had 18 people arrested since that game Saturday. Well, yeah, and I mean, here's the thing is that if a golf ball with uh, with the right speed and from that height coming out of the stands, I mean, it could be uh, I mean, I don't know it if hit someone in the head. It, I don't know if it could be can, fatal, but it could mess you up really bad. Up. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, it. you can't you can't do that. Um, I, I mean, we're talking about assault in, in some of these cases. It, that is yeah. assault. I mean, it, it, it is quite literally assault. So you it, can you imagine like getting a call from your child that's like, yo, can you come bail me out? I've been arrested for assault against a national figure right. <laughs> at a game. Like, won't make it to bio on Monday. Right. You can't do that. I understand. I get it. I'm neurotic about my football. I am absolutely insane to the point where people probably out there don't want to watch it with me. I get it. Um, but you can't try to cause bodily harm to a coach, to anyone, to anyone. But like you mentioned it, the cheerleaders, why would you throw things holding at the their, holding their signs over their heads, like shields as they're being pelted going what out of the stadium. What did they do to you? Right. Um, they, they were there. They're wearing old mess across their shirt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're just, they're just there. They're just trying to have a good time. Also, Tennessee. This may be the first time Lane is back as a head coach. He came back with us as a coordinator. Right. It's, um, and it's you not really yourself. anything new. No, it's nothing but, new to have him in, in, in Nayland. I mean, it's just not. But there's another – this is this is, this is easily the symptom, though. The right. underlying cause of this entire situation was the horse crap officiating that happened in that game – and that's been happening over the course of the last oh, it's five horrible. years. It is, the it's SEC awful. officiating it's awful. crew is hot trash. It's now, garbage. Before we, I want to put, I want to bring this up because this is a great way to look trash. at it. Do y'all know who Josh Pate is? He no. works for he works for two four seven Sports. Okay, um, oh. he, he's one of the he's he's one of their big gurus out there. He said this, and I thought it encapsulated because he was at the game. He's on the sideline. And he said, I watched uh, our interview with him earlier, and he said, listen, I'm not condoning anything what they said, but this is what it boils down to. The officiating in this conference is garbage, top to bottom. Every, every week there is some new screw-up. He said this, right. quote, this is a billion-dollar brand, talking about the SEC. We should not have a nickel-and-dime officiating branch. Yeah. He's exactly That's, fair. That's what it boils down to. Tennessee fans walked into that stadium angry already, the officiating is what pushed them over the edge. But the ironic thing is, is that the fan, or is that the play that pushed them over the edge was probably called correctly, because yeah, the ball probably. is in his left hand. His hand goes over the line, absolutely no question. And, and I thought the ball was in that hand that that no, crossed the line, it but it was in his other hand. And so, again, like I'm not really sure if you can reverse that. Um, now, were they justified in being angry for other calls? I think so, especially the, the scoop and score that didn't happen. I think that uh, they're justified in that. But here's the thing is, like, yes, officiating should absolutely be held accountable. Absolutely. 
Uh, but who holds you accountable? If you, if you're saying that, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want and I can throw things at people to show them that I'm angry about this and hold them accountable. Well, who holds you accountable as you assault people? The right? police. <laughs> well, yeah. For the ones who are, who are caught. Who but, are I caught, mean, yeah. yeah. But it's I just, mean, it, that didn't affect it didn't do what you thought it was going to do, or maybe right. it did. No, it, it, it maybe did. it did. It did the I don't opposite. Know. It just made, because it made, the, it made the school look already worse it, than it already it, did. It looked, it looked bad. It was bad look. It, um, it perpetuates a bad image. I'm going to say something that I, I quite literally never thought the words would ever, ever come out of my mouth. And I'm, I should see a doctor. I need to, you know, I need to set an appointment, but I was impressed with Lane Kiffin. And I couldn't help but have positive feelings towards him. Um, with, lame. Me personally, no, I, his, I, I, I agree with you. The way he handled it, number one, going into the game. Obviously yeah, there were even before all that all, started. Going in and coming out, knowing how Lane is, knowing how Lane trolls, knowing, oh. anticipating all the things he could have said, he handled it a lot better than I would have. And that, that I thought he would have. And even when the fans were going off on him, all, all he had to say was they're passionate. That's what you want to see is his college football. This is why we love college football because of the passion of the fans. And this is great. That's, and that's all he had to say about it. And he, the, the interesting thing about Lane is that um, he obviously is, has the potential to come in as a figure who's looked at as a villain. But the ironic thing is, is he leaves this game looking like a, a sympathetic martyr almost because of all yeah. of this garbage, literally <laughs> garbage um, that uh, comes raining down from the stands. I mean, at the best, it's a selfish move. At worst, it's, it's malicious and it doesn't have the effect that you want it to have. If anything, like you said, Matt, it perpetuates a bad image. Which we already uh, it, have. <laughs> it perpetuates, yeah. It, it hypes up Ole Miss. They're like, we it, made yeah. them mad. It, it hypes them up. And um, like I said, it, it's a complete disservice to the players because the real conversation that we should be having right now is what a game from Tennessee, what fight yeah. they had. Uh, Neyland was rocking. They had the light show going. It was a pretty really cool, cool atmosphere. I mean, I wasn't even there and it looked like a cool place to be. And, and I don't even like Tennessee or orange. So, I mean, it's just like, it was a cool thing. And that's what we, we should be talking about. But instead we're talking mm -hmm. about this. I want to I want to read a couple of these fan comments and then I want to make one final um, uh, address one final thing and then uh, if you guys have anything else to say we can we can do that as well but we had some comments the first one was Philip Columbia who you remember last week was the one who said uh, the AP poll was from a bunch of uh, writers who uh, never played a sport and Philip <laughs> anyway, I loved it. <laughs> he, he, he continued his brutal honesty this week with uh, the, his biggest takeaway was that the rest of the SEC has known for a half a century Tennessee fans are the worst ever and it ain't even close. I'm not even going to go there because, as we've all, all said on this show, look, every fan base has their people, right? And we could always point at somebody and say, oh, well, these fans suck because of this, whatever. Uh, and we all know that for the majority of the teams, that's just simply not the case. And look, I'm sure for, uh, you know, a large chunk of the fans, even at the stadium Saturday night, they were well behaved. But you have a, a, a chunk of fans who were it not. It was mostly the students is what every article I've seen. Right. Said. It's always which, mostly the students. Which, I mean, makes, which <laughs> makes sense because who's going to be the ones that don't necessarily have that, that, that ability to go, this is a bad idea. 
They're well, college kids. That's what I, they're going to do. Sneaking in French's mustard <laughs> containers of booze. <laughs> and ironically, the people who will not experience a bit of, uh, you know, repercussions for that fine. So they're like, fine, you know, find the school. Yeah. I'm, it's not like I got to pay it, whatever. Um, uh, Nikki Benefield says, uh, never throw anything at a ball game and let's go Kiffin. So uh, that's ex- almost your exact words, Matt, not let's go Kiffin, but the uh, never throw anything at a ball game. And then Janet Russell says, old Lane did a great job with his interviews and overall handling of the situation in Knoxville. He could have been a butt about it and rightfully so. Instead, he was gracious. I cannot help but like him. So it was... Can I interject something real quick? Please. Just just to make sure I'm clear on this, and I'm probably going to get flamed by the two or three people that actually follow me on Twitter uh, that may be card-carrying members of all Twitter. I have nothing against Lane Kiffin. Mm -hmm. Is he a bit of a jerk? Yeah. He's a pretty boy. They're going to be kind of jerks. He's an athlete. They're going to be – it's going to happen. But I don't begrudge him. I don't hate the guy. I, I, you know, aside from the week he plays Tennessee, I hope he's successful. He's an interesting cat to kind of see how he operates. I I got nothing against the guy. And I thought that, yeah, he probably did handle that situation a little better uh, than he would have saved maybe five or six years ago. Five or six years ago, he probably would have been standing in front of the crowd doing this number to him and egging him on. That probably would have been what had happened. Likely. Probably. So I, I, I agree with with Janet. She's she's right. I felt he was gracious as well. Yeah, to a point. Yeah. He still he still got his little twist in when he tossed his visor into the crowd. Well, that was um, after he caught a bottle that was yeah, inked for him he, too. He, 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 he caught the just, bottle <laughs> and then flipped the visor. I was like, that's that's actually pretty cool and, and pretty. Funny. Yeah, I was like, yeah. But uh, I, I kind of have to give him credit for that one. But one of the major uh, arguments I've heard is that. Uh, this fan base has been through so much and like, I get it. There's, there's stuff that you go through and you've just kind of had it up to here. Part of me kind of wishes that Tennessee would have just hired Greg Schiano and oh, not God, listened, man. not listened to all Twitter, because here's the thing is that as soon as they listened, that gives credence to, to everything that they, uh, you know, griped about and came out there and that gives them a sense of power. And it leads to stuff like this. And I'm not saying that that's a direct you know, correlation, but anytime that you give a mob a sense of power, what do you expect? Right. Um, And one of the things I've heard is, you know, this fan base has been through so much, right? Yeah, I I get it. I hear that. However, when I heard that, I was like, there's other teams out there who have been through so much. So let's talk about the last time some other teams around the SEC have won the national championship. Okay. Kentucky, 1950. That was actually under Bear Bryant, actually. Bear Bryant! In 1950. Texas A&M's last national title, 1939. Arkansas, 1964. Ole Miss, 62. Mississippi State has never won. As a matter of fact, they never won a national title in anything until they won it in baseball this year. Um, I'm sorry, it's not funny. Mizzou, uh, they had the non-consensus national championships in apparently 07 and 1960 also. But like I said, non-consensus uh other than that never vanderbilt 1922 was their last natty south carolina never georgia as we're well documented is 1980 (laughs) okay so it's like i get it you're frustrated yes but at least you probably won a national championship in your lifetime i can't even say that as a georgia fan right i i was not alive when georgia last won the national title but but it's not just about national championship though wes it goes well beyond that it has to do with competitiveness. I it. it has to do with the the constant bumbling of the athletic department over the last twenty years. 
There's right. all of these other sort. And you're right. You're right. Tennessee fans are kind of whiny when it comes to that we've suffered more than anybody else. But, you know. At least you're not Penn State. Uh, Penn State's clicking. What are you talking about? Right now, I'm talking about as an athletic department suffering and something oh, hanging yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's that is football. Worse. That doesn't that doesn't really count as serious. Mm, but but you're you're right. Uh, I'm not going to negate the fact that you're you're on the money there. We are being a bit whiny, but it's also hard to not have that mentality. And that's actually something dangerous about Vol Twitter is if you go on Vol Twitter, there were a lot of people that were like, we'll be the bad guys, we'll condone it, throw everything on the field. And I'm like, guys, that's not what we do here. Like, why right. are we condoning this? And maybe I'm still being somewhat rational about things. I don't want to be the bad – I mean, I kind of want to be the bad guy because being the bad guy is kind of fun. If you've ever watched any wrestling, you know the bad guys <laughs> have more fun than the good guys. you be the do. heel? But, yeah, like I, I, I want to play the heel. Yeah, sure, but – not at the expense of, of what they're talking about, you know, it's just. And it doesn't I do what you want it to. No, and it, it doesn't. It, 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 it deters. And honestly, I think you have a good coach in Hypel, but I honestly think it also deters coaches from wanting to come there. Cause I mean, just the, the sheer craziness that unfolds there. Um, at and, the end of the day, these are 18, you're 18 to 22 year old throwing a ball on a field while they go to school and I'm oversimplifying absolutely because again I'm neurotic about this call anybody they'll agree I'm neurotic but at no point is it enough should we ever get to the point where it becomes malicious right it, it, it you know because here's the thing and I had to remind myself I have to remind myself this constantly Tennessee, bring it in, bring it in. I'm going to be nice for like four minutes before we go into Tennessee hate week. I'm going to give you like four minutes. I remind myself this all the time. At the end of the day, you're still going to graduate. You're still going to get a degree. Tennessee could lose every single game. Your team could lose every single game. You still get a degree from the university. You walk off, you wear your gaudy orange, you do whatever you do. Yeah, It doesn't matter. But like I did, I said nice. I didn't say perfect. Um, you do whatever you do. You're still going to get paid. The sun still rises the next day. It is what it is. Did I want to throw a trash can across the room when we lost a and 100%, 100%. But these, these kids feel it more than you. They do. So you throwing stuff on the field that could also hit your team and embarrasses them. It it doesn't make them feel better. They feel it. All right, and you just gave Alabama so much stuff to make fun of you for <laughs> going into Tennessee Hate Week. Oh, I hate this part of the year. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered that. Look, it, like you said, Matt, just don't throw stuff. Just make it easy well, on yourself. Just don't listen, throw stuff. If you want to stand up there and cuss and throw the birds up and you want to yell all you want, go right ahead. No one's going to stop you. But the minute you 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 cross that threshold of – I'm an irate fan into being, I'm being a vandal. Like right. we've gone too far. Don't and poison yet, trees y'all. Don't and, poison you're, trees. and you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's plastic water bottles and things of mustard. Yeah, I get that, but it's just, I'll hurt somebody. It's, it's just stupid. But yeah, my, and my point of bringing up those other teams and how long it's been is that, yeah, I mean, you can be frustrated all you want, but nothing justifies bodily harm. Yeah. I, I, you know, so whatever. 
anyway, all right, we've beat that dead horse. Let's talk about the current pick'em standings. Uh, right now, I have 23, and Jesse and Matt are both tied at 20. It's heating up. I mean, it's real close. It's it's a, a it's three close. a three horse race. Matt, you you got with that exact score. Yeah, that that really got that, it. That that helped and me a lot. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So uh, so yeah, that does it for last week's games. Let's talk about a uh, little bit of news. Here's the news. All right. Well, the first item is uh, number two Iowa falling to unranked Purdue. Uh, Perdon't. Perdon't. Twenty four to seven. Um, I, I don't really know what to think about this because, uh, you know, people had talked about Iowa, how they're not a flashy team. They just get things done. And then they didn't against Purdue. Um, I think some people weren't necessarily really surprised by this. Uh, were you guys, what were your thoughts on this? Either of you. Go ahead, Purdue's, Matt. Not, Purdue's not a good team. They shouldn't have won this game. I don't know what happened to Iowa. Um, Big 10 football's weird. Uh it seems like the teams that, and granted, the SEC does this sometimes too. But, but Purdue, uh, I don't know what. Let me, let me. I'm curious. Go ahead, Jesse. I'm gonna look at something real quick. I'm looking at their schedule right. That's now. what I was about to look at. That's ah, what I'm looking at because last week, and even my boyfriend even texted me afterwards. He's like, "You apologized to me on, you know, on on the air. I'm <laughs> I'm so happy." I was like, "Yeah, you were right. You were right." I don't know if you're right anymore. Okay, I feel like maybe I was right. So I'm, I might be taking back my apology. Um, they they beat Indiana. Okay. Um, they beat Iowa State, who's ranked number nine right now, or okay. was ranked number nine. Um, Kent State, meh. Colorado State, meh. Maryland, meh. Penn State, okay. I'll give you that one. It was very, very close. They went by field goal. Her don't. And it's not like... They lost by a little bit. Right. They lost. Did you see Purdue's uh, Twitter? We beat the number two out of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That's clever. That was um, great. Maybe, maybe they just hadn't been challenged. But also, Bama lost to an unranked team. What do I know? The NCAA is drunk. That's why we don't play football games on paper. Yeah. It's true. If we played them on paper, then – Bama would win every year. Georgia would always be the runner-up, and Ohio State would always be floating around three every year. Yeah, yeah, and, and Notre Dame would be in the top five every single year. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, right. wait! So anyway, in the in the AP, they uh, pretty sure they fell out of the top ten, I believe, with that loss. So That's I don't even shame. I don't even know where they where who they loses fell. to a team called the freaking Boilermakers for God's sake. The Their students don't even go to games. Like, yeah. honestly, I know a lot of well, that, Purdue grads. That's, that's, that's every Big Ten team except Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. I, I have a buddy of mine who's an Illinois fan. He says nobody goes to the game. Nobody goes. Well, but they're basketball yeah. schools, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they go to basketball. They don't go to the football games. Right. I wouldn't want to either. So. It's also cold. But, no, they didn't even go. Weird. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting uh, thing that happened. And then, um, as we were talking about earlier, LSU and Ed Orgeron mutually agree to part ways after this season. He will stay on for the remainder of the season and, uh, and coach the, the rest of the game. So, I had a couple of listener comments here, and then I'd like to get you guys' thoughts. Uh, Zach Wheeler says they beat Florida, and he's out. <laughs> or they just beat Florida, and he's out. And then uh, Tim Hobson says, uh, truly sad state of affairs. Two years ago – they had one of the best teams ever. This is the Saban effect. 
people expect that every year with players leaving every year and even worse now with the transfer portal. He was good for LSU and good for college football. He deserves better than this. What are you guys, what are you guys thoughts on this? I, I think LSU has done a disservice to their coaches. Um, I think with coach O and also with Les Miles, when the Matt Hatter was there, if you guys remember, it was like the third quarter and they were calling meetings to see if he was going to stay and have a job. Mm-hmm. That's not how you make decisions as an SEC school. That's not how it, it should go for anybody's job, but especially on, on a national level with all of the eyes on you. Coach O, to, to take it as he has, at least publicly, um, and to finish coaching the rest of the season, I just don't understand. I guess the only benefit is so other coaches know that there's going to be a spot open, but why, why do it now and then and keep them the rest of the time? I just, I don't think it's a good look for LSU. If I'm a coach, I'm just like, dang, that quick after having an undefeated season with one of the best teams ever to play the game, which right. we knew was not going to happen again. Historic. But yeah. Those, those expectations um, and that pressure, if I'm a coach, I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. They may fire me at halftime. Who knows? I, I just don't think it's a classy look LSU. And a strange, a strange uh, stat. Did you know the last three coaches for LSU have all won a national championship? And then they all got eight, two of them got fired and one left. Yep. Yep. What do you think, Matt? I don't know who's running LSU's athletic program. I don't know if this is something that's being driven by the boosters, but I'm about to go all in on these people. (laughs) I don't understand how two years removed from a national championship with one of the best teams to ever lace up a pair of boots and put it on football field, how you can fire Coach Ogeron after, after, granted, last season was rough. What they finished, like six and five or? They've played 500 balls since the national championship. Right. He had everybody in that in that that natty natty run everybody they graduated so many kids and then yes they played 500 ball so what so what yeah you're competitive i mean you you just knocked off number 20 uh, number 20 florida you're not getting nuked by teams that you shouldn't be getting nuked by granted they did lose to ucla but i don't think you know that's one of those things i think ucla's top 25 team now aren't they um I'd I'm not sure look. if they still are. They they started they got off to a hot start and then stumbled. Yeah, so they I'm, were. I'm not, I'm not the sure. The thing is, is, is I don't understand what the mentality is. They ran off Les Miles, who won a national championship and was winning ball games for them. They were competitive ball games. Granted, things didn't go their way all the time, but they still ran him off. Um, now they've run off Coach O. Who in their right mind would take a job at LSU at this point? And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. I'm about to, I'm about to cross cross streams here. I'm about to go uh, a little side sideways on you how can an lsu athletic department that fires somebody like coach o still keep a son of a gun like will wade who's their basketball coach who has open fbi investigations on him right now because of you know all sorts of weird recruitment stuff and and money and all sorts of things it's it makes no sense i don't understand what you're doing lsu and the fan base if i was a fan of lsu i would be like where what are we doing like we're winning we won a national championship two years ago we're always competitive. And now you're running off one of the better coaches in the league. Like, where are you coming? Where do you get off? It makes no sense. If I'm who, not mistaken. Who do they want? Like, who is it that they want so bad? Well, I tell you what, would... 
I tell you who who might be interested gonna, in that job coming in. If you say we're gonna get there. Meyer, I'm gonna say Urban Meyer. We're gonna Urban get there. Meyer. He's sucking it up in Jacksonville. He's gonna need an out, and LSU is gonna be available. Uh, Urban freaking Meyer. So it's the, what, that won't go away after you step on I it. I completely step on agree. It. Completely. So if I'm not mistaken, the the athletic director there is not the same one who hired Coach O. So I know that's one thing. One factor, if I'm not, not mistaken. Um, Still the son of a gun that's keeping Will Wade employed. And then, yeah. look, I, I'm not trying to defend this decision at all, but remember, the year before the national championship, they also struggled. Um, a, even with Joe Burrow there, they struggled. Oh, Joe Burrow was – we were confused by him. We were like, this kid. Right? Yeah. yeah. But then, then they got the right coordinators in – um, and just had that, like we said, it was just, a process. I think what they're, what, they're, what they're looking at before this, before the Natty championship season versus, uh, also what happened has happened since then. And they're looking at that, that year, the championship year as the outlier, the rest of these okay. are the norm. And I can kind of understand that. Um, you also have, uh, coach O, um, I think he hired uh, the, the uh, defensive coordinator. He had hired him last year, um, and obviously it was during COVID, but he still hired him without an interview is what, is what they've said, uh, which seems mm-hmm. very weird and kind of maybe not responsible. I don't know. I wasn't there, and I don't know the situation. Sounds, but still, sounds on brand for Coach O. <laughs> still seems weird. Um, and then, um, then you have comments like after the Kentucky game where he said that he was shocked at Kentucky's ability to run the ball. Yeah. And they're literally the leading uh, rushing team in the SEC coming into that game. You're like, well, that doesn't sound like you're prepared. So, like, I, I get all these things that are stacked up. And then, obviously, you have the off-the-field issues, which are never an issue until you start losing, what, you know, yeah. conveniently yeah, become an true. issue. So um, I just think it shouldn't be a mid-season thing unless there's something like egregious. Yeah. You know, if there's something off the field like it, that you have found out that they need to go right then or but then you don't keep them for the rest of the season. So I just I or or they already talked to uh talked to you know who and he's already agreed to resign from the Jaguars at the end of the season. Well, and, and that's that could be true. We don't know what's Jaguars. going on behind the scenes. They may have somebody lined up, and and I would hope so because as most people have said, it 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 doesn't take uh, an incredible coach to win at LSU because they have so much mm-hmm. talent. If you can just you know put a staff together around you, as we saw in that national championship season, yeah, I think Coach O is good for like morale. I think he's a good hype man, but I don't think he's necessarily a good coach. Um, well, he's, he struggled at Ole Miss. You know, he couldn't get anything yeah. off the ground at yeah, Ole Miss. Yeah, and he's been like a perpetual interim who finally got the job at, at, uh, at LSU as well uh, after, after that stint there. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that he's necessarily a, a great coach. I, I do hate it, though, because he's a, a likable character. You know, we enjoy uh, – he, he always has a smile on his face. He's, he's said that, you know, I'm not going to have a bad day at LSU. Because I'm, I'm living the dream, right? Why would I allow myself to get down uh, and, and feel sorry for myself uh, when, when bad He's things getting paid $16.9 million. Exactly. I don't feel sorry for him. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's <laughs> and obviously he doesn't either. So, and, and to his credit, he'd also uh, stand in and take the interviews. Uh, he would answer the tough questions, uh, you know, and I'd be like, you know, don't talk to me, you <laughs> know, whatever. Um, but, um, 
you know, uh, I, I do give him that credit, but uh, I, I don't think it was going to work out. So it'll be interesting to see how things go uh, and who they pick uh, as the uh, as the next coach. Uh, there could be a lot of moving parts in the background, like you said. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. So speaking of which, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Let's get into the opinion segment. Sir, if I may venture an opinion. I'm not really interested in your opinion, 3PO. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh... – your opinion man so matt you said urban meyer is that just kind of like a oh that just that's just pie in the sky just popped into your head or do you think you think that's something legit there why wouldn't it why wouldn't his name be in the on the list every time there's a big big opening somewhere at any school his name's being thrown around I, i i wouldn't put it past lsu well, he's got a pattern, though. He needs to have the health issues first, and then he can well, leave. Well, we still They're got a lot of time before January, West. Right, that's true. Jump the gun there. Sorry. Yeah. You, the you know, the winter got... in Jacksonville is just it's just it's devastating. Medical condition inducing. Yeah. Here's, yeah. Here, here's the other thing that immediately popped in my brain, and again, this is this is all conjecture. This is all you know, writing, um, making castles in the sky, so to speak. What if they go back to Lynchburg and get old Hugh Freeze back in the SEC? You know, that's a name. I, I'm still shocked that Tennessee didn't hire him, by the way. I, I, I'm I still shocked was, at that. There was too much There was too much on the table as yeah. far as stuff like that goes. Well, like I said, I think they, they did all right with Hypo. But, yeah, I mean, I, he's kind of a name that was, you know, high up on the li- a lot of people's lists for a while. And then it, things got quiet. And I don't know. It might be interesting. I'm, I'm looking up because I, I had to find it. Um, 247 Sports posted 11 hours ago. LSU coaching candidates. Here's their list. Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. James Franklin. Luke Fickle. Joe Brady. Phil Napier. Lane Kiffin. Bob Stoops. Bill O'Brien. Take him. Goodbye. Um, Mel Tucker. Miranda. And Matt Rule. Yeah. Well, um, like you said, Jimbo, he, he makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are talking about him. He's got a lot of ties to LSU and their like AD, like we're saying, Scott Woodward. Um, so, I mean. Oh, man, you, you to, want to talk about putting fire on that rivalry. You yeah. have to put so much money, though. He's got a lot of money at A&M. And they're already about getting to have to pay. The leg, yeah. And that's the thing yeah, is and money. They're paying a buyout. Thing. Right. Money is a thing, but hey, if the boosters want it bad enough, <laughs> it, it might happen. Be an option. Where's Matt yeah. Rule at? Isn't he Panthers. at? Uh, is he with the Panthers? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't even want to think about what Cincinnati's what, coach though. That's one of the ones on there. He could uh, be an option. Hire, you don't want to hire a Cincinnati coach. Ask you Tennessee don't want to hire coach. a Cincinnati coach, but from a coach, from his perspective, it could work. Because if for some reason they get snubbed again for a playoff and he's like, I need to do something to get a team to a playoff, you go to the SEC. Yeah. Well, you know, Scott Woodward is the one at, uh, who was at A&M. He was their AD who hired Jimbo away from FSU. So he, now he's at LSU. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't know. That could happen. I, I did hear Kiffin. Um, I'm a little, did you say it was James Franklin in that mix? Yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he would also be a, a highly sought after uh, one to, to come back to the sec and that would be yeah. interesting. Uh, um, 
Bill O'Brien, if you really want to poach another coordinator. Okay. <laughs> You're just like pushing all these. <laughs> yeah, because that's worked out real well for people in the past couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But one thing that is kind of scary is, like you said, I don't think it's going to take much for LSU to to win because of the talent pool that they have to draw from. And so the scary thing is, is if they were to able, if they were able to get a top tier, you know, top five, top ten ranked coach, you know, who you would, uh, you know, from your from your imaginary list or what have you, um, that's that's kind of scary. If they were able you to get somebody. somebody like James Franklin, who has talent at Penn State, you have to look too. a lot of times when coaches transfer some yeah. of the talent transfers too, um, if, if they can. So you got to look at that as well when, you know, it's not just a coaching hire that you get. Sometimes you also get those big transfers. It's how Kentucky got their uh, starting quarterback right now. Levis okay. came over from Penn state with uh, uh, Liam Cohen from, uh, from Penn state. So, you know, you, you never know who, who might come as well. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Any more thoughts, any more names? It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a highly sought after one. Is so. there is there anybody that's been out for a year or two that potentially could slide back in? Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. You any mentioned like, Bob Stoops. Was that a name? That yeah, said? Bob Stoops is uh, on that list. He's been out of it. He's God, been out of it. Don't even put that voodoo on <laughs> the list because if Bob Stoops ends up in the SEC, I will be so upset. How funny would that be, though, after he disparaged the SEC every year? <laughs> that would be that would be um, hilarious. That makes that seriously makes my stomach roll over. Like that's that's an awful thought. I don't want yeah. that blankety blank anywhere near the conference. It's bad enough we let his brother in. Yeah. Um I'm just kidding. I got his brother. Seems like a cool dude, though. He's, yeah, he's, he's fine. Built a great program up there with consistency. Um. Anyway, all right. Well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, now let's talk about the uh, upcoming games and make our predictions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, well, um, you were talking about Arkansas and that tune-up game, Matt. Well, here it is. It's uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, the Golden Lions the are coming to town. Obviously, playing, the Golden Lions. Playing Arkansas. Uh, noon kickoff on SEC Network. Uh, like I said earlier, Arkansas won four straight, uh, was on cloud nine, and then they lost three straight. Uh, I think that they've got a lot of frustration right now, and they're going to let that out on uh, on the Golden Lions, as it were. Um, I got uh, Arkansas winning this one 55-10. to 10. Jesse, what you got? Yeah, I just realized that I didn't put in my pick. I just put in the score. Um, so fix that. I'm picking Arkansas 38 to six. Okay. Matt. Um, yeah, Arkansas is not going to have any trouble here. 45, 10. Okay. All right. Next we have LSU, uh, at four and three, two and two in the conference at number 12, Old Miss five and one, two and one in the conference. That is three thirty on CBS. Um, yeah, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. You've got, you know, obviously all the stories going on at LSU right now, and they just won in a, in a shootout. Uh, I could see this one kind of being the same way shootout type of game. I got old miss winning though, uh, 45 to 34, Jesse. I think LSU, I think the players might be a little down after the 
the announcement that they're losing their coach. I imagine he's pretty popular with the players. Um, they obviously played very well this past week, but it could be a hangover game for them. And I think Ole Miss, like we talked about earlier at nauseum, I think the Tennessee reaction to them just boosted their confidence all the more. It's exactly what a coach like Lane Kiffin wants and needs uh, to fuel his fire. So I'm picking Ole Miss 41-28. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I think I'll stay with the pack on this one. I'm going to say Ole Miss wins this thing 45-20. Okay. All right. Next we had, or we have, Mississippi State 3-3, three and 1-2 three, uh, and two in the conference at Vanderbilt, 2-5, and 0-3 oh in the conference. 4 p.m. on SEC Network. <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, I think Mississippi state's going to bounce back in this one. I got them beating Vandy 35 to 14, Jesse. Yeah. I don't feel like the whole crowd thing affects teams at Vanderbilt. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I think Mississippi state takes this one easily 38, 17. I, I have a suspicion. You're correct. Matt, what you got? Listen, them trees up there get loud as I'll get out during Vanderbilt games in the arbitorium or whatever it's called. I've uh, been there. It's a pretty yeah, cool place, I, actually. I, I'm sure it's lovely. It doesn't negate the fact that Vanderbilt sucks at football. Um, really, really poorly. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with Mississippi State as well. I'm going to say they win this thing 38-10. We finally might get to see um, that offense open it up a little bit this yeah. week. They had, yeah. a good, they had a good one a couple of weeks ago. We'll probably see another one, I would I would imagine. So, all right, next we have Tennessee four and three, two and two in the conference at number four, Alabama, six and one, three and one in the SEC. Mm. That is a seven o'clock on ESPN kickoff. Of course um, it is. <laughs> it's at Brian Denny. Yeah. And it we're is. gonna we're gonna do that debauchery in front of God and everybody in the country this weekend. I think I think uh Bama kind of continues uh their uh their bounce back from that loss and, and is able to get this one done again. Uh, I got them winning 41 to 21. Jesse. I love night games at Bryant Denny. They are my favorite. Um they low down, they dirty, and Stop we saw it. they some snitches. Stop it. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, I'm picking the tide 45-24. What kind of orange is it, Jesse? Is it like the Body. pumpkin? Like inside of a pumpkin puke oh, orange. That oh, kind of orange wow. you just this, can't this sit is with. So fun for me. Let's keep doing this. this anyway, I'm sorry, Matt. What do you what do you got? God almighty. Um Tennessee's coming off a hangover. I think a lot of it's gonna hinge on if Hendon Hooker plays or not. If Hendon Hooker plays, then I think the score is a little closer um than than you guys are saying. However, I still don't think Tennessee's got the guns to keep up with Bama. So I'm going to say Bama wins the sink 45-28. And that's another thing I was going to ask about. What What is the status of his injury? Did, did, have they said anything about how they he's said, – They said him, Cade Mays, and um, uh, one of the running backs. I can't remember which one. Not Jabari Davis. It might have been the other one. Uh, I forget his name. They said they're day-to-day right now. So What they, is his injury? Remind uh, me. It had something to do with his leg. I don't recall exactly. He got hurt a, on the yeah. next last play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I th- and also, I want to state for the record, I think if Hendon Hooker's in that game, he makes that throw into the end zone and we win that game against Ole Miss, just so we're all clear on that. It would have would have been nice to see, at least, to, to be at full strength there. So, But I, I don't think – I, I doubt that Hendon plays in this game. I think they're probably going to sit him and just kind of – maybe. I don't know. Heifel may decide to get crazy and play him. I don't know. I, yeah. just, I just hope nobody gets hurt. <laughs> right. That game's going to be rough. That game's always a rough game for Tennessee, and I got a bad feeling about this one. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, and then finally, we have South Carolina four and three, one and three in the SEC at number 17, Texas A&M with a five and two record, two and two in the SEC. Uh, and that's a 7.30 kick on SEC Network. Um, yeah, I don't think A&M's got any problem here. Probably shades of the Mizzou game last week. I got uh, A&M winning 34-13. to 13. Jesse? Vanderbilt almost didn't have a problem with South Carolina. Picking Texas A&M 35-17. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I'm also taking A&M 28-13. Okay. All right, well, that does it for last or next week's games. Um, and then now let's let's get into our Just for Fun segment. And obviously we've talked about Coach O and uh, we're not really sure what his future will be. But in your opinion, what should his next gig be? What should he do? Jesse, let's start with you. What's your what's your feeling on what Coach O should should be doing next? Well, he has $16.9 million coming his way. We don't know how much he's banked True. thus far. True. But he's got that buyout coming. And I feel like Coach O would be a great franchisee. I'm thinking Popeyes, since it's a Louisiana thing. I think Raising be Canes, great, that's what he needs to be. <laughs> or Raising Canes, either one, he'd be a great franchisee for them. His particular location, I feel like, would be popping. Um, and he would be there a lot. I feel like he'd be a very involved owner. And I would love to see that for him. I would visit. Yeah. But if I were to pick a team, <laughs> um, I don't. I honestly don't know what team I would pick. I, I, I have only chicken. No, I think that's great, and, and yes, yeah, definitely doesn't have to be a, a, a coaching position. Just whatever. What What do you think he would be good at, Matt? What do you What do you have? I am going to say uh, that that Coach O is going to uh, enroll at the School of Wayward Coaches, and he will be the new D coordinator at Bama next season. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Every time you see one of these coaches in the SEC, you know, they either get fired or (laughs) they got to go to to Saban to get recuperated before they end up back at another big boy job. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. That's why I'm just like, how have I never thought of that? Does he go? Does he go straight to a coordinator position, or is he an analyst first? Oh no, no! I think he goes straight to a coordinator position. Okay. I mean, he was he was the D coordinator um, at uh, at um, at, at USC for a while, wasn't he? Wasn't he their D coordinator? I seem to remember him being he D was, coordinator. I'm not sure. I, he was. Yeah. What What did he come from? Because he was uh, interim, but there was. I, I don't. I don't know what he was before that. I know I he, think he. I think he was at LSU. But uh, was he what, even a coordinator, uh, or like a, a defensive coordinator? I thought he was like a line coach, like a defensive line coach, or something like. I that. I think that's I where know. he was, but I, I think he. Hold on, I'll tell you where he was. This is gotcha. what Wikipedia was made for. Right. Um, coach Ogeron. USC. Uh, he was the USC. defensive line coach at LSU prior. The interim yeah. head coach at USC. He was the D coordinator, defensive line, and running backs coach at USC prior to that. He right, was the okay. defensive line coach at Tennessee in 2009. He did a stint with the Saints in 2008 as their defensive line coach. Um, yeah, the only place he's been a D coordinator is at USC. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, he, well, he was an assistant at, at Arkansas for two years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Well, here – you know, here's the thing. I didn't know that uh, apparently Swamp People is still a, a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're in their 12th season. 
or let's see, at least they were earlier this year. I don't know if there are plans for another one. Anyway, I think he's a great candidate for that show. I think he should be on there. Um, That'd be so fun. Shoot him, Chumley, shoot him. I was going to say, or he could uh, replace uh, Bruce as the uh, overalls and bandana guy. Um, yep. yep. I think. You, you, I'm sorry, Wes, go ahead. No, 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 I was done. What are you going to say? I was going to say, you know what Coach O really needs to do? What's that? Is he needs to get that Pixar cash money and he needs to do voiceover work for Pixar movies. Yeah. He'd be I, great. He'd be the great new Princess it. and the Frog movie. Right. They like, make just one. let him narrate the whole thing. It's like we said, what was it, uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about um, what, uh, gosh, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was the ads. Who, what, should, what should each coach do? And we determined a couple of them couldn't be limited to a single brand. And one of them was Coach O. He needs to be the guy who reads the fine print at the end of commercials. You can't understand it anyway. So you're like, well, might as well. I don't know what you said, but I liked it. And I thought it was cool. So. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I agree to those terms and conditions. That's it. That's it. They need right. to get Coach O to do the next Apple commercial. Like the voiceover for the next Apple commercial. Like the next iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> it's your iPhone. You get in there. Um... Yeah, I can see that recording session. All right, Ed. Take 97. Let's try it again. Make sure you enunciate this time. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'd, uh, that would be awesome. All right, well, um, that does it for this week's episode of Pigskins and Pageantry. Let's tell you guys how to get in contact with us. If you'd like to, hit us up on email at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com. We are also on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash pigskinsandpageantry. We are on Twitter at PPSCC Podcast. Also, check us out on Instagram at pigskinsandpageantry. Uh, we do a lot of polls there as well, um, so uh, check that out. Uh, and let us know uh, what uh, what your thoughts are. Um, Matt, are you okay there? Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> don't forget we are available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. If you guys enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you take a moment and subscribe and review. Give us a five-star. Um, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, not too many games this weekend, but some, some interesting ones and uh, some hate week ones. So uh, until next time, this is Wes. Go dogs. It is Tennessee hate week, y'all, and I cannot wait to roll over the balls. Roll tide. Keep, you keep barking up that tree. One day it's going to – it's got that limb's going to snap on you, Jesse. It's going to break. Uh, go Vols. Let's compete with Bama. I'll take that. <laughs> Realistic. <laughs> <laughs>